Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Snakebite Podcast number 16. As always, thanks to the guys over at DigBMX for bringing you this. Uh, if you guys kind of are into this podcast, I think you might get a kick out of Dig's new series over on YouTube. It's kind of a satirical look at this month's BMX news. It's pretty great. I've been getting a kick out of it whenever it comes up and get excited when it shows up in my feed. It's called No Donuts, so you guys should go over there, check it out, and give it a watch. Um... Today's podcast, I sat down with Sean Burns. You all know Sean, probably one of the best street riders out nowadays, known for crazy gaps and just wild stuff going on. Uh, we sat down and talked about his roots and riding trails, his metal bike shears, and what it takes to like, land big gaps so smooth because he's pretty damn smooth at it, and what's going on with Bone Death and what, what it takes to run that company. So... I also want to apologize to you guys and Sean for this one taking so long to get out. Long story short, my computer is so damn old and I literally, the, the files went corrupt. I thought I lost everything. Um, more fiddling around on it. I got this stuff saved and it's back. So this podcast is out and we got, we got another one coming to you guys real soon. So thank you guys. I appreciate it and enjoy the listen. Because you're originally, are you from Boston, 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 or like a city outside of Boston? City outside of Boston. What city like is it? 30 miles south of Boston, Pembroke. Okay. Because Rob and I were talking, and it just seemed like, especially in the 90s, like the spots in that area, it seemed insane. Like, you know, we were talking about like turtles, and yeah, like turtles the too. hospital banks, uh-huh. and like... Seabull and stuff. Yeah, the Seabull, and just seemed like... It just seemed like there's just was crazy stuff to ride back then, and the scene really didn't get a ton of coverage. I mean, it it did get coverage, but it yeah. wasn't like a ton. Are and most of those spots are even gone now, aren't they? They're pretty much all gone. Yeah, I remember I, I went to the hospital banks once, and they had to like, you know, it was all like blocked off where you couldn't ride it. I always wanted to ride turtles. But that's been gone for like that's ever. been gone since ninety eight. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, and then um, did the Sea Bowl get tore out? The Sea Bowl is still there, but the deep end is filled in, so it's just it's just banked to wall. Like, it's just filled. Why did they fill it in? So people wouldn't uh, ride and skate it. To be honest, I'm not exactly sure why. I think there was something about someone falling in it, or hadn't it been running for weird? like wasn't it like a pool? Oh, I think something might have passed. A law might have passed in the state where you can't have public pools deeper than like nine feet or something really yeah i want to say something along the lines of that but i'm not exactly positive and that thing always looks but yeah it's been gone for like three years now damn that thing always looks super fun um yeah speaking of turtles uh we were talking about muggleston did you know muggleston that well uh never really knew him that well because probably when he was like around a lot yeah seeing doing a little fat videos and stuff i was like 11, 12 years old. Okay. But I did run into him street riding like a handful of times. In yeah, I was, it's always, he's always one of those like characters from that part of the country that you'll hear stuff from some people that like, you know, he was awesome, did a lot of stuff for the scene and then you, usually it's people that were, you know, you, you have that Road Fools vibe where dudes were kind of like, you know, vibing but I always kind of get the feeling that like, he was like actually a kind of cool guy in the scene and did a, tried to do a lot yeah, for the yeah, scene, for sure. you know? Because yeah, most of the dudes I know from that area are always like, you know, oh, screw with the, the road fools thing, painted him out to be because he, he, you know, seemed like he tried to do a lot for the scene and stuff. Yeah, I didn't know how old he was. I, he's, he's probably older than me, isn't he? Uh, he's probably, yeah, I think he's about 40, maybe. Well, early 40s, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't really know him that well. Yeah. I've probably seen him since 1999 or 2000. Yeah, that is a long time ago. <laughs> Maybe 2001. Um, yeah, well, when you grew up in that, did you, did you grow up racing or did you kind of just start off like freestyling? Uh, I grew up, yeah, kind of freestyling, but just like riding bike to school and everything. And then uh, I slightly got into racing, but that didn't last too long, I guess. Yeah. It seems like a, that part of the country is like a super heavy 
it feels like it's almost more heavy freestyle than it is race, you know, with like kind of the dudes from that area. Yeah, I mean, the racing was definitely a lot more prominent in the 90s, but altogether, yeah, it's definitely more freestyle. Yeah. Um, what, like, who did you, like, kind of what transitioned you from like getting, you know, riding just to school? Like, what was the kind of that early spark to kind of pull you into BMX? Um, I was always kind of into it, but never really did it. Yeah. Like, I always had a bike and everything, but uh, I guess it just wasn't until I found out what Mall's bike shop was, Dick Mall's bike yeah, shop yeah. was. Oh, I, yeah. And, like, when I went in there, it's like when you're a kid and you find a pornographic magazine. In the <laughs> you know? I mean, now kids have internet, but. Oh, dude, I still. Then, dude, my dad had so many Playboys, and me and my stepbrother would just steal boxes. My dad would never even know. I'm just taking down this treehouse and store them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, used to, I thought that they just grew in the woods when I was a kid. I was just a fun <laughs> in places. But yeah, there'd so also be like dick pumps and stuff, so it's <laughs> good. I never ran into that. Uh, so you, you you came across dick malls just like, I mean, that's a staple of the north northeast scene. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's still pretty much a staple up there. Well, I th- yeah, it's like one of the best bike shops ever. Um... Yeah, I had no idea that that place even existed, and like the whole time my brother knew about it, and I was like, why, why the hell didn't you tell me about How this? How far was that away from your, your town? Like, two miles. Two miles? Yeah. Oh, well that's not even far at all. Like, yeah. I hear stories about people like, having to drive like three hours to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so. no, I got lucky. I grew up right down the road. So did you start hanging out there and like meeting dudes to ride? Uh, I never really met too many people through going to the shop. I had a set of trails behind yeah. my house, and like... I think a lot of people would hear about the trails, and that's how I, I guess, met people through the shop at my own trails. Yeah. And so you, I, I knew that you, you rode trails a fair amount when you were younger, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I rode up until I was, like, 16. How old were you, how old were you in that, that second, or the first, was it the first metal video? I just remember the part, you had that part that split with Jeremy Davis. Okay, yeah. Was I that, was, like, 17. Okay, so just a little bit after that. yeah. Well, I mean, I always rode everything. But, yeah. Like I was pretty focused on trails up until I was got into like high school. Were who were the dudes you used to ride trails with back in the day? Was there any other locals at that spot? Uh, yeah, I used to ride a lot trails like Sean Rains, uh, aka Ferbert, um, and then I don't know, just a bunch of locals, kids that don't ride. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. So like when you kind of got a medal, you what you only been riding for like a few years? Uh, I had been riding, I think, for at least. Six or seven years. Oh, so you, started, metal. So you yeah. started riding. I started pretty... riding in '94. Okay. Uh, I think I was like 11. Oh wow! So you started riding really young. Yeah. Um, and I got on metal when I was 17. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I know I started riding street after Road Fools One came out. So about '98. Okay. Yeah. What what heavy ass bike were you riding back then? <laughs> uh, a standard Dow, I think. Oh. I was really short. I guess if you were really little, I was super probably, short. Yeah. yeah, when I was, I didn't really grow until I turned 17, 18. You, should have, you needed that Bobby Fisher one, that, that street. That, actually, that was the one that I had, yeah. What, I, the Dow, then it wasn't, what was Bobby, was Bobby Fisher's the Dow? It was the Shaman, actually, I had it. Yeah, it was the Shaman. Shaman for yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was so. like 19.5. That's really little. <laughs> yeah. I also had mini low drag bars as well. That works. Yeah. This, yeah, those bikes back then were crazy. Uh, well, yeah, how did you, um, what, what kind of, because I remember when the met, that metal video came out, you know, I knew Jeremy, and, uh, that was, like, the first time I saw anything of you, kind of, what, what how'd you kind of get on metal, how'd you end up meeting Jimmy and those guys? Uh, I had known Seth Holton Seth, for, yep. like, quite a while, and, uh, I had been filming with Matt Busby a lot for Off the Met One, and he was good friends with Seth. So I think just riding with Seth, Seth had suggested me to Jimmy, yeah. and then it just kind of naturally happened to me. Did off, did, did off the Map 1 come out before the metal video? No, but it, I had started filming it before that. Okay. Like, off the Map took like, I want to say four years to happen, really. Okay. Like, well, I mean, started, a lot of videos, like especially yeah, local videos back, back then, then too, took, for took sure, that yeah. long, yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, yeah, he would only film on the weekends, and that was it. Like, worked. And, yeah. yeah, but that was, like, normal, because you'd be, like, I, mean, I think it took us, like, three and a half years to film Blueprint or yeah, something, you know? Totally. It took a long time back then. Yeah, and then, like, it didn't come out for a year after it was already done and all that shit. Yeah. I think it came out in 2005, but it was probably done in, like, mid-2004. Oh, really? Yeah. I think, I remember, I remember getting copies, and I can't remember if it was number one or two that we got in the shop. 
Um, so yes, had Seth already moved out to Seattle then, and you were still talking to him, or is he still? No, out? he was living in Vermont. Okay. And then he had just moved to Austin, and then actually had yeah, my first time to Austin. In 2001 or 2002. Yeah. I think it's when I met Jimmy. And that's kind of just where I started doing more with metal, I guess. Yeah. kind of wanted to touch on, like, it just seemed like a lot of dudes came out of that area that you, you know, the, the whole Boston, that Northeast area. Yeah. Like, it feels like there's a lot of dudes your age that kind of came out of that area at that time. Yeah. Were you sure. guys, did you guys all know each other? Or were the scenes kind of separated? Or? Um... No, nah, I think things were a little more tighter back then because yeah. everyone rode everything. Yeah. Like, like all the Creedence dudes. Like yeah. Like Reynolds and all them, like Aaron Smith and, like, I mean, I still ride with those guys occasionally. But, yeah. Um, Did you guys ever go over to, like, Kevin Robinson's park and ride that back in the day? Yeah, actually. And you had uh, a look at, what was the look on your face? <laughs> you got a story. <laughs> What's the story? Um. There was a... Uh, Let me start from the end. So basically, I got strangled by Kevin Robinson when, <laughs> when I was 14. Okay, tell um, <laughs> uh, My buddy Busby and Ferbert and I... There was always a shitty-ass like Hoffman egg or whatever underneath the box jump at Impact. Yeah. And like everyone used to ghost ride that thing off the box jump. Yeah. So one night, yeah, we were like, fuck it, yeah, let's ghost ride this thing as far as we can. Just so happens, Kevin Robinson comes in. That's his nephew's bike. Oh shit! <laughs> and uh, I can't really remember the full details, but he definitely like pushed us up against the wall and definitely had his hands around our throats. Damn! And pretty much banned from Impact Skate Park for life after that. Have you talked to him since that time? Uh, I have. I've like re met him again. You know, I had passed puberty and grew like a foot. Yeah. Like, years later. And so were you like, like, hey, do you remember this time? Oh hell no. No, yo, you have he, you just let it be like I'm a whole new person. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But did uh, you guys even know it was his nephew's bike? Or you just no, we didn't know. I mean, we were just doing what everyone else was doing. Yeah, like it had been sitting down there for almost a year. And why is he getting his nephew an egg anyway? You should have at least <laughs> upped it. I mean, come on, the the eggs ain't too hot, so. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be a sugar daddy or a sugar baby. <laughs> so many weird... Those, those weird starter Hoffman ones. Late 90s, yeah. Yeah, there's the egg. I think it's sugar baby. I don't even know where you get that name. But, yeah. Um, so, after that metal video came out, did you start trying to travel more and stuff? Had you graduated high school yet? Yeah, I think... Well, right when the... Uh, I... That uh, tore my ACL pretty hard. Oh, wow. Like, right when I graduated high school. So that put me out for, like, almost a year. Yeah. And then I think the metal video came out right after that. And I had, yeah, I immediately was, like, driving cross-country and shit. How did you tear your ACL? Uh, I don't know. I've been eating shit since day one. So, I mean, I feel like everyone has. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I started jumping off shit at a pretty young age. I want to say, like, first, like, big stair set maybe like a 16 set or something was when I was like 14 oh that sounds like a and like I've just been jumping off shit for so long that yeah by the time I was 17, 18 my MCL PCL ACL was already like torn uh, right knee I had a buddy back in the day that he would just ride trails and we'd go ride street you know he this was like 94 and all he was about is finding just enormous sets to jump yeah and like ninety four, he did like a, I want to say eight flat nine. Yeah. He had like super seven X's. Like he always had like the most tender, Delicious. tender oh, race nice. wheels, <laughs> and he'd be like doing these gaps. And he always he rode brakeless back then too, but it was just like, and now looking back at some of those forks, I'm just like, dude, I don't even know. That's scary. It's yeah. so scary. I'm sure right probably right around this time. You were doing that. It seems like forks were probably starting to beef up a little. You know, at least one piece steer tubes. Uh, yeah, they they got stronger. Yeah. But then again, I had some bad incidents where like I was trying like a manual acid drop, and at one point I just was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I let my bike go, and just my bike alone, the fork snapped off. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was in like two thousand two, maybe. I can't even remember what brand forks they were. Yeah, I mean, our fork breaks after yeah, a while, so. Sure. Um, so yeah, you started traveling around. Did you, you, did you just come down to Austin or I think I met you and I think you came up to Oregon not too long after that and up to Seattle too, didn't you? I think the 
first time I came to Seattle was 2004. So, okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right because I think you stopped by and rode Jeremy's ramp with us, and it was like before shop open and stuff. Yeah. I can't remember really. I don't think I met Jeremy until 2005. Really? Yeah. I think, okay. 2006. I just remember you came over and we were riding his little, like, garage ramp. Yeah, yeah. Having, like, a, a barbecue over there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you were on a metal. How many, did you film just one metal metal part? Or you had well, two? I had that, like, half part. With Jeremy. The first one and then, the, and then Dead Bang. Yeah. How was it filming for Dead Bang? Um... Some of the best years of my life, pretty much. Let's yeah. hear about it. Let's... Um, it seems like a weird way I made that video part happen. I mean, like I was kind of working at the time at a bike shop. Yeah. And I was also getting a little bit of money from audio shoes. Yeah. Which was such a weird deal. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I was psyched at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't even know, really know how I was traveling so much. I was only like living off of like $300 a month. Yeah, that's not very much. But... Uh, yeah, I was just trying to hook up with Navaz as much as possible, filming for that, and I guess it was like a two-year span or something. Yeah. Um, and you guys did a couple full metal trips for that thing too, didn't you? For that video, uh, we did one trip to Canada that was like a full team trip, but that was like <laughs> a complete disaster. What, what happened? It was just the whole trip was just permanently was it, stoned. Pretty was much. it Vancouver? Uh, it was Montreal. Okay. Um, a few of us got robbed in Montreal, and like, I don't know, it was not that exciting of a trip. What, how'd you guys get robbed? If that seems like... Just this... money stolen out of our van. Oh, okay, so I was gonna say, I thought you yeah. meant like, robbed, robbed, I was like, that oh. seems like a super, kind of, <clears throat> seems like it, I've never been there, it seems like it'd be a fairly safe city, but it might not be. Somebody's listening and being like, you're an idiot, Shad. Yeah, so I heard like you, uh, and this is what I've heard, I mean, I don't know how it is, but I've heard you, the Ice Grind band did at Penn, is it Penn State? Yes. Yeah, okay, uh. Did you guys ice grind it about the same time? I heard you guys didn't know that, like, you didn't know Van did it or something, or... No, that must be a rumor, I guess. Um, I had wanted to ice that, like, ages ago. Yeah. Like, that was, like, my thing when I was a kid. Like, I just fucking loved ice pick grinds. But, uh, I can't remember. I think I had done it, like, the same week that Criminal Mischief came out. Oh, okay. But, like, I didn't want it used. You just wanted to do it. I just it. wanted to film it to do it. Yeah. And I think Busby had used it anyways. Did he use it in one off the map video? I think it was used. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, uh, no, I had known that Van did it. I okay. Think, I can't remember if I had tried it going slow, being a pussy or whatever. And yeah. And then I seen that Van went fast and did it. Like, I just wanted to do it to do it. I wasn't trying to, like. Yeah, yeah. ABD or whatever. No, yeah. So I don't, it wasn't I, even really a thing back in yeah, the day. Yeah, I feel like you just, like, whatever. No, I don't, that, especially at that time, there wasn't, like, super. Yeah, people hadn't really laid down the uh, yeah. the Ten Commandments of street writing at that time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I abide by that. I mean, someone's done it. It's been done. Oh, yeah. For sure. But I, definitely back then, especially street writing, and things did run a lot looser. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Yeah, for sure. I mean, there'd be times I you'd go someplace with your buddy and you knew somebody did a big rail, but it was just a big rail and, yeah, you know, you're like, well, we're just going to do this rail, you yeah. know? But yeah, so... Did you get it first try, or how? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Or, I think maybe I, like, looped out a little bit on the first one, mm-hmm. or something. That's fucking, it's fifth. that was it's 16 a, years ago. And so, what is that rail, like a 15 serial? I think it's a 20. I know mean, it's really like mellow or something. Or is this, it's somewhere between a 17 and a 20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's an 18. Oh, it's 18? It is an 18, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you, st- you we were talking about you filmed with Navaz, so you filmed with Navaz a little for the second metal video, yeah. and then you filmed with him, uh, what was that ride video called, um, that you had the part in? I never had a part in the ride video. Oh, I thought you had a part in the ride video. I'm not yeah. about which video am I thinking? I was supposed to film which a part th- for Insight with Navaz, yeah. but we ended up just working on Dead Bang. Really? I am so brain dead today. You just like <laughs> smacked me in the face. It's all great, man. I forget sometimes too. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm melting today. I'm just now like confused. I'm trying to get my memory straight. Which is the part you got the Nora Cup for? Dead Bang. Okay, then that's God. That's what. So that's what I was thinking the whole time. Same year, Inside came out. Okay, yeah. for some reason, maybe Chester just talked about you being in that video. 
because I remember you both, you were supposed to be in the video. Yeah. yeah. After you did all that, that traveling, did you just go back east or did you end up moving, moving down here to Austin after that? No. Uh, wait, what traveling after? Like, like around like 2004? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I lived in Boston up until 2008. But okay. like, I was traveling so much. I was you probably were only home like four months of the year. Yeah. Uh, I was spending a lot of time just going back and forth to Seattle, Austin, um, like for going down to Philly a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I moved to Seattle in 2008 for about a year. Yeah, I remember that. And came back to Boston and then came here. And you've been here for how long? Three years. Okay. But I spent the last 14 winters out here. Oh, shoot. That's why it does it. Because, yeah, you just said three years. And I was like, really? Yeah, I've been coming out here since like 2004. Okay. 2002, actually. Um, do you want to kind of chat about kind of the, how, you know, metal kind of, how you transitioned, you know, left metal and started bone death? you want to touch on that or? I mean, you can if you want. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> what, what year was that? About 2000, 2010. 2010? Yeah. Um, and you, think you were on metal for, I mean, what, six six years then? Nine years, almost ten. All right, wow, all right. And kind of what, what was, what, what made you kind of step away from it and want to start, start going death? Because I know you and Jimmy were, were really close, and I think yeah, you yeah. guys are still pretty close to this day. For sure. Um I think just being somewhere for 10 years, it just, I got burnt out on it. Yeah. And um, I was helping Jimmy run it at the time and just running it with someone else. kind of wanted to do my own thing, but not really. Yeah. Like, I actually didn't, like, I thought in my head, I was like, oh, Bone Death as a brand, frame brand, would be sick. But, like, I hadn't even remotely, even, like, it was just one of those things that just yeah, 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 cost yeah, your yeah. mind. But then when I had, like, left metal, like, Sparky's... I was like, hey, would you want to make Bone Death, blah, blah, blah. So when you left metal, you weren't even thinking about it, really. It no, was, I just wanted to just be, like, free of... All the, the yeah, work. Just the and past, the, yeah, all, yeah, everything that I was dealing with that year. But, um... I can't remember. It was kind of funny, because I remember, like, Ron Wilkerson had called me. It was like, Yo, you want to ride for two hit? Whoa! <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking sick. I mean, I would, would have loved to ride for two hit if it was 1994. Yeah. But, um... That was pretty crazy. I, that was just random. But, um, yeah, Sparky's hit us up immediately about the Bone Death thing. Really? So. See, it, it was just, I guess, weird, perfect timing, too, because yeah. we had just put out Surfing for the Ugly Broads, and that was kind of getting a little bit of a buzz at the time, so. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that video, <clears throat> that was a good video. Uh, so, yeah, just did, did Ronnie just give you a call up and just ask you if you want to turn it into just a frame brand? Yeah, because we had already been kind of working with them, um, like, doing the video through them and yeah. stuff, and, like... They were really psyched on the artwork and like everything as a whole, so they seemed like it just hyped on everything we were doing. So with with videos like surfing for the ugly broads, how and you know you got all you got random chicks in there, you got random skits, you know stuff you guys are kind of known for like yeah, just getting crazy. Where where do you do you where do you find these chicks at? Are they just like homegirls, or you just like put a Craigslist ad out for them, <laughs> or? Uh, it's funny people always bring up the Craigslist thing. We really only ever used it once. Yeah, I've heard that so many times. Yeah, yeah. Like, and like it was like the worst we've ever had. What yeah. happened? Um, just someone was just really difficult and like yeah. thought that we were filming for Fuel TV for some reason and like just I don't know. Like thought there would be more money or something involved or no? Just I don't know. It was just really awkward and like one of those double agent type things. Like oh. It was, it's like an attractive girl and then it ends yeah. up being like a dude. But not really. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> but, uh, no, most of that stuff is just friends of friends, girlfriends that come and go and like, you know, just meeting people and then occasionally like we hit up some new people about it, but... Where do you get the ideas for the skits? Because they, I mean, they're pretty all over the place and... Uh, I don't know, everyone on the team is like a just weirdo like weird shit fanatic yeah you know basically like all weird just trashy 80s films and stuff like 70s yeah. snuff films all that weird crap like I don't know it's just kind of something to go with that goes with our riding like you know it's just kind of loud so yeah have you been so it seems like some of those things you'd be filming and I know some of them seem like you're filming like you know in a house apartment but there's a few that seem like like filmed outside, is people like freaked out? Like you, you know, you guys 
looks like you're, you know, like the ones you, you're like kidnapping a chick or something. You, you know, like it's, it seems like people around like somebody would like lose their shit. Like, what the fuck's going on? You know? Yeah, we've definitely had cops show up for stuff. What, just like what, that and everything. What do they say? I mean, once they realize that we're just filming, yeah, like maybe. I mean, I'm sure for some people though, it, that the oh, yeah, cops got, that are just generally freaked out. Yeah, it's got to freak out a yeah. lot of people. I mean, just even in general, like someone like Kurt or me going up on rooftops and stuff. Like sometimes Kurt will be up on a roof and it'll be someone's home with a saw, like sawing tree branches super hard and tying power lines, like. That must look insane. Like, there's this Mad Max character up on my roof tying my power yeah. lines together. Yeah. It definitely looks weird from the outsiders. Yeah, I mean, you guys are on roofs a lot. I mean, you probably yeah. get a lot of people coming. What, what's the craziest... I mean, other than him moving power lines and sawing down people's branches, is, what's the craziest thing that's really happened since you've been... Oh, that's... So I know... Hard. It's happened. I mean, people have pulled out guns on us, like... All kinds of wild crap has happened. I can't think of any like specific incidences that did, were like, Did you get in trouble for that one where you bounced off of that fence? I, was, uh, I, yeah, I, I had to go to court. Actually, I had to go to court because the owner said that I damaged the lower part to the roof. Yeah. And even at that moment, like when the cops came and stuff, I was like, no, we, I went off the top. They like didn't believe us. When I went to court, I had to bring footage and to show that I did no damage to the roof at all. Yeah. And even though I damaged this, the fence, I guess it was CBS's fence, and they never made a claim. So I just had to pay like a court fee. What did the judge say when you showed him that footage? Uh, the, I can't remember. It just seems so strange. You know, I think that actually the judge I got, maybe I got lucky because her son did motocross or something. So she kind of got yeah. it. Yeah, so after, what was really the process like with, uh, with Bone Death after you kind of went in? I mean, did you know much about like you know designing frames <laughs> or what the... What? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially after working with, like, Harry from With People. And okay, yeah, and, and, stuff. and like, stuff. That's what we were doing metal with. Um, before that, I had briefly, like, told Neil Wood, like, what dimensions I liked and stuff. I yeah. I didn't really know anything that I was doing, but, I mean, over the years now, way more into it. Yeah. As opposed to the way I used to be. I mean, I've never been a bike part nerd. Yeah. At all. But I definitely like to be able to trust the bike parts that are... And there's probably parts that you grew up liking, too. You yeah, know, for that, sure. Yeah. So, um, is there something, like, you know, do you do you try to, like, with the bone death frames, do you make it, do you want to make them a little stronger than the rest frames, or do you feel... That's, like, our main concern is to make them strong and, like, obviously modernized so they're not, like, heavy 98 bones. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're all about is really strength. The 48-spoke wheels? Yeah, definitely. Did you ever see the 96-spoke styling wheels back in the day? I did, yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> I was never into that many spokes. I think that was that, that place was based in Missouri. Like, so, this dude came in the shop that used to actually build the wheels for him. They used to have, like, crazy long spoke wrenches that they, they had to, to go and lace those things up with. Um, okay. It, we were talking about, like, you know, parts that you used to like. I'm, I, so, you... I think it's went down smaller, but, and I feel, and I know not everybody does, but it feels like so many people from the Northeast have monster-ass sprockets on their bike. Yeah. Um, and you've went down, I think you've had to go down sprocket sizes, but what, what, why did you really keep that big sprocket on for so long? I mean, it was kind of like, I mean, it was kind of like your signature look on your bike for a long time, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would maybe still ride it if I could, Yeah. but it just doesn't work with the way frames are built now. Yeah. Um, I just always liked the look of it. And yeah. Like, it reminded me of just having a bash guard or like just something there. Like sprocket chunks were so much better. Sprocket chunks do work. They work a yeah. thousand times better with a big sprocket. I used to do a grind that was like just on the chain between the tire and the sprocket and it really only works well with a 45. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, when I first started seeing small sprockets, they looked like scooters. <laughs> so it just reminded me of like I don't know just weird crappy disco tech stuff so it just took me a while to get used to yeah the look of the do you like the way like an, like an older like maybe mid school bikes the stylizing of it yeah for sure yeah um I mean I, my bike's the I like it the best it is now but but you some do, of the older bikes definitely you more, do yeah well yeah, I mean yeah. you, you I mean your bars are you rode low drags and your bars yeah I mean, it's kind of an ode to the... Because sure. you rode low drags for a minute until you started doing the bone death bars, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So um, I had written, yeah, I wrote like the Peregrine bars that were the same shape when I was like twelve. Oh, the the sliver bars. Yeah, <laughs> and the, they were tiny. They were. The, I swear they're like four inches. <clears throat> they're the weren't they aluminum too? No, nah, the ones I had were chromoly. Okay, like, I think they may have done both, but I know which ones. They're like literally like a four inch box yeah, on them. Like this, yeah. Yeah, I think they're like the sliver or the silver bar. Yeah, I had those, and then I had Hoffman. Was it mini low drag bars for years? Yeah, I love. I like. <clears throat> and the only reason I ever got rid of them was because all my trail buddies were like, "Get two piece, get two piece." It got. Sh- I mean, t- towards in late nineties, it got strict on. Like, yeah, like around ninety nine. Oh, you know, and people got because sh- I always had like more of a freestyle bike and Same. people would come like you'd show up at spots and people would come at you about yeah. bikes and you'd be like, you know, especially if you weren't a kid that like I never raced or anything, so you, you know, <clears throat> all the dudes I looked up to. I like bikes from like the early '90s that look like literally, you know, like a Mad Max bike. Yeah, like, yeah. like it was like, we're like, okay, I'm going to war today. I'm, I got all <laughs> this stuff on my bike. We're gonna go out and smash some things. And then, like, yeah, towards the late '90s, everything was getting so refined, and it was getting sleek, which was good. It, at it, the same time, I think it was kind of rebellion yeah. against how goofy bikes were for so long. Yeah. But now it's came full circle to where like I'm so sick of looking at just a double diamond. Two yeah, piece bar, for sure. Like I want, I basically just want a spaceship between my legs. I'm like, give me a spaceship, <laughs> give me some four piece bars. I want. Can you put some knurling and? It just ran- looks meaner. Yeah, I'm like, it looks I, more rock and roll. Could too. I knurl this top tube? Like, you, you, I just want to look at my bike and just be like, okay, this thing is gonna go out and it's gonna, it's gonna. Di- like I barely even use my pegs anymore. I literally leave pegs on, so if a skateboarder says something in the park, I'm like, oh well. Now I'm just gonna go grind everything and yeah. be fully offensive, but <clears throat> yeah, the, I, I I enjoy the way I don't know. That was actually one of the reasons I really liked, like say like Dave Young and Lou Bradish, yeah, and uh, even Jeremy Davis in the late '90s or yeah. 2000s because they just they looked so raw and mean like their bikes. Like, they're all like four, the four funny thing is they're all three like the nicest human beings. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Grow, let, let's I mean, growing up like. Who were your influences? Because I feel like you probably, with the way you ride, like, and with how heavy trails were there in the late nineties, your influences were probably a little different than, you know, your your standard rider at the time. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like when I first started, I really was into like Chris Bennett. Yeah. Like, the whole Push Crew, all that stuff. I mean, that was um, Bennett's prime. I mean, dude. And then like, I grew up watching Weasel. He was knowing the legend. Weasel's super sick. Uh, but, yeah, I think one standout dude for me was just Jimmy. Yeah. LeVan. Like, I always watched him dirt jumping and stuff. And then when he, like, started getting more known for street, that's actually when I got into street. Like, round road fools. And it was kind of around the same time Van Homan came into play. So, yeah. like, Van Homan was probably, like, I want to say my biggest influence. For okay. Sure. Uh, but, basically, Jimmy and Van Homan. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> Did, I guess Dave, and Dave Young was a little bit before, I mean... Dave he was, was a little bit, that time, yeah, 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 but, but I really didn't recognize Dave until Nowhere Fast. Okay. And then, uh... And Lou, Lou, and Lou was here, and Lou, he yeah. was here and gone so yeah, quick. Yeah, 2001, but yeah. What kind of, what pulled you towards those guys, you guys writing? Just, did you, like, just... Uh, just, I don't know, just that was what was entertaining to me. Yeah. It was just, like, mean and tough, and, like, that's what I was into at the moment. I think I had just started listening to, like, Motorhead and... You're really getting into music, like yeah. rock and heavy metal and stuff. So it's just like that was what was cool to me. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I mean, you 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 were jumping. I mean, I mean, you're known for jumping big stuff. I mean, there's been other dudes that jump big stuff, but you're known for jumping stuff. And you said you started doing that earlier. I feel like when I watch you actually approach a gap, and I watch somebody actually another person approach a gap it almost feels like you approach it more like you're jumping honestly like trails and if some other people are just like straight approaching it like a, a bunny hop the, when I'm making sense because you're usually you, you're just setting it down easier than a lot of people do on mm-hmm. bigger things is that something you worked on or is that just something I think it's all in your head I think it's just comfort being comfort like a lot of people when they blow up on gas or land like shit it's because they're getting they're stiffening up they're like they're thinking that the landing's going to be rough. But yeah. if you're just jumping it like you are landing a landing, 
and look ahead of you and not down, like, yeah, it's so you be So you kind of does, like, I mean, you're looking at it like it's a landing instead of, like, a drop. You have to, yeah. Yeah. For sure. If you look at it like a drop, then you're going to drop and you're going to just head down. Yeah, right? and that's why I think a lot of people do, I mean, I mean, I don't even know what we could say the biggest thing you've done, but there's been some pretty big ones that it seems like you land pretty damn smooth on when you're you're going flat, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you just... I know it's totally different, probably the science behind it is way different, but like if an airplane that weighs so many tons can yeah. land from 30,000 feet, then I think that you can land from 10, 20 feet or whatever. You yeah. <clears throat> what? Yeah. I mean, I never even thought about the airplane. Thing. I mean, you got less tire pressure. Yeah. Now, but <laughs> well, I don't know about some of those new new tires are about the same size airplane yeah, tire. <laughs> you can have like two sevens on your bike here soon. Everybody would be just like jumping off of everything, just yeah, bouncing down the street. I mean, there's definitely obviously a limit to where you can go before your bike's gonna break or your ankles are gonna give out. But have you felt like you've reached that limit at certain points? Uh, I don't think so. But I think if I had my body from 10 years ago I could yeah no I mean keep going with it but like I think there's a certain point where like you just you're in the air so long you never know if you're shifted over a couple inches mm -hmm. with like a knee or something it's gonna fuck your whole landing up what what was the gap like out of you know you've done a lot of big ones what what were like the ones that a may have been the hardest or had you spooked the most um I can tell you which one scared me the most Okay. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I may, that haven't been scary, but the one in Anthem 2 where you nose bonk like it looked like that guy out of a parking garage and just yeah. dropped into a tiny driveway. Yeah. For some reason, every time I see that one, I'm just like, just seems like I'm throwing, you know, like you throw a sack of potatoes. <laughs> the thing yeah. Is, you couldn't go super fast for it, you yeah. know? I, that one, it's crazy. I probably wouldn't do that now, but at the time, I did that nose bonk, I think, four or five times. Really? And, like, on two or three, on my case went back tire on the nose bone. <laughs> but the one that we used, <laughs> the one that we used was the first one. Really? Yeah. And I, and I was like, I missed the bank. I got to land in the bank. Like, I actually went past and, like, landed in the road. And then I kept doing it. And I was thinking, I'm like, maybe it's better that I missed the bank because it's a bigger drop. <laughs> and when you're trying to get the bank, you're going slower, tinging everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But is there some other ones that, like... That one wasn't that scary, just because going slow. If yeah. If you're going that slow and like you fall forward, like you have time to think. Yeah. But as, whereas if it's when it's something big and you're going fast, my idea sometimes, oh, I go faster, I'm less scared of it, but you're actually putting yourself in more danger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, there's something I've seen. You go full throttle at it, so. Mm -hmm. I can't really think of. I more so have sweated like. Roof setups where the run-ups are short and like yeah. balancing, like that shit can definitely put some stress on you. Well, how 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 scary was the roof setup where you did the manual to to gap? That actually I had looked at for like six months because I lived in the apartment below it. Yeah, and that was the last day that we're in that apartment. Okay, just the last day I have to do it, and I had just ridden some ledges that were very similar to the yeah. same thing. And I did 20 in a row. I'm like, if I can do this 20 in a row, then I can do that. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because my buddy party management was like screaming. Like, you can't do this. Don't do this. Like, like you're not to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, come on, man. Like, I got it. But, uh, you're like, Don't yeah, that one, I wasn't really that scared of that one. And um, that, that photo, what was that photo in Dig, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that photo, like, that, that photo was nuts. Um, I want to say maybe the one I was probably most scared of was the, uh, the Predator Gap here in town. Which one's that? It was an Anthem 2. It's like a ledge hop into like a, over a parking lot into a bank into like a riverbed. Oh, where you kind of, you got taken out by the bushes at the end? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Because yeah. like I had thought that the way the angle into the gap was that I was going to land on the bank and like wash out. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was waiting for the graveyard one, but. Uh, I mean, that wasn't the grass, so it wasn't as scary. Yeah, but it looked pretty, I mean, it's, it's large. Yeah, it's big. Uh, but I feel like just the run up was scarier. Because you're was, jumping it. I'm like, once you go, once you're off of it, you're like, oh, this is fine. It's so bumpy. But like pulling down. ass into that thing yeah. is scary because it almost seems like you're going to flip over the bars and then get hucked off the top of it. Was anybody at the graveyard that day? Like just some random people? Luckily, we got that done, I think, all within like maybe 
10 minutes. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there was many people there that day. Imagine just some, like, random old lady going to put some flowers, you know, flying over. I mean, we could talk about just, like, how writing is is different from, like, our generation to now. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, like, you know, it feels like it's worlds apart. Like, just, it is worlds apart. And then it, I know for myself, I'm super appreciative that I was born when I was born and not now. Like, yeah, it's, and I'm, like, not trying to make, I, you know, come off like, oh, I'm some old guy and shit's better then yeah. than it is now. But it just, you don't think stuff's as far back as it is, and then you go, Oh, this is this long ago, but it, it it's just how much BMX has changed. Like literally in the last ten years, like how it's presented, yeah. how people approach riding is like it's it's insane. Like, well, it's just crazy that like I don't know how you feel about it, but it just seems like the nostalgic part of BMX is like gone. Yeah, well, like, I would, nothing's memorable anymore from after like 2010 yeah you don't hold things I don't feel I mean there's definitely kids that do there yeah, definitely yeah. has to be yeah. but a lot of kids I don't think hold certain things close to like their heart about like growing up riding and stuff because maybe they don't have to because it's all on their phone like you know like and it, there's so much they're being fed so much yeah, yeah. like where you get a, a video or two videos a year maybe one big video and a local video and you were like you know, you consume that that same video over and over so much, and I guess I was talking to Aaron when we were doing the podcast the other day, and it's weird because you you know, Instagram. I look. I mean, I use Instagram. It's great. I like looking at yeah. it. I, I, but it's still just a platform. And I remember everybody had MySpace, and you thought MySpace was going to last forever, and that was going to be, you know, and you don't use it anymore. You don't even know your password. You don't yeah. even know what's on there, and like we have a whole generation new guys old guys and everything where you're everything you do is on this what happens when the Instagram's gone yeah you have a whole like holograms or some shit well you have a whole <laughs> but then you have a whole generation missing mm-hmm. you, that, that all that history is just erased it's gone yeah it's like it's gonna be really weird to see how to see where it takes people you know like cause it isn't gonna be like stuff's kept in like you're like oh I know what happened back then you'll be like I think this dude may have done this, but I have maybe I don't. And you won't maybe, be able to find it. Yeah, maybe you won't be able to find it. There won't be a reference, and it, mm-hmm. it definitely, it definitely is different. You know, I mean, inevitably, all of it is just going to be dust in the wind anyway. Yeah. You really think about it. No. Yeah. So, I mean, doesn't matter. My my videos <laughs> in my closet are just going to turn into garbage one yeah. day. So, yeah, I guess just in. I mean, and that's what comes down to you know with writing is. Even though the generations are different, you know, if a kid's out with his buddies, he's still enjoying it the same yeah. way, you know, everybody else enjoyed it, so. Um, I think the, part of all that stuff, though, has changed, like, the ego aspect of things as well. Do you think people's egos are bigger? Or? Well, yeah, obviously. Like, yeah. Like, but, I mean, were you taking selfies when you were 16 years old? No. no. <laughs> you know? I have a you couple. just enjoying your life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely take pictures of my buddies riding, but... I'm kind of happy I didn't take pictures of me at 16 years old yeah, because exactly. I looked stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it is. And it, I guess, yeah, just the whole way you even present like a video. Because is I know that when I was a kid and like I'd show up at a spot or something and, and someone would be like, oh, uh, Tom Masterson did this here or like or whatever, Mike Rotundo did this here. He'd be like, wow, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, you respected it. Now kids go to those spots and they're like, well, can I bark? What can I add this bar spin in there? What can I do this? Yeah. Can I put it on Instagram? Like, or I want to one that guy up. Like, it's like that more than ever now, I feel like, with new kids. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, well, I mean, it's like the Tony Hawk. It's just, I guess, everything. You just, it's an added trick yeah. generation, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, I mean, the bike range, definitely, the, the level riding is crazy, but it, I do think the added trick has taken a little bit of the creativity out of how you look at a spot. Yeah. Instead of just being like, I have this base thing, and you just add a trick here, yeah. there, one in the middle, instead of being like... How can I utilize the wall? Can I take, or, instead of yeah. using a ledge, which is a square, you know, because that's how a lot of people see it, you know, I want to think of... I look at, you know, I feel like I look at it instead of just that one object, you want to look at the whole thing, you know? Yeah, yeah it, it's definitely... 
I, I mean, and you know what? To, to be honest, though, like every generation's like that. I mean, you, what happened to like the vert riders in the late '80s? You know, when all the vert ramps were gone, or they're getting cut down to mini ramps? They were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I guess that's like, true. <laughs> you know, you, you guys want to do a tail taps in a Ubicus when you could have been doing a ten foot air, like, and you want to cut this ramp down, like. What are well, you? Do- now the ramp's been cut down to just a little bar. Yeah, the ledge. Yeah, but it's like it'll just be finger bikes in ten years. As the bikes get stronger, the objects oh, get, smaller. get smaller. That's insane. You know, it's like, yeah, those dudes back then are just riding the the wonkiest bikes, just wanting the biggest thing to ride. Yeah. And now the bikes are like super solid. It's like, oh, we're sounding like some salty guys right now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's definitely nuts. Um, another, I mean, we could kind of tie into this. I mean, another thing you don't see a lot of people doing, and I do feel like it was kind of more a late '90s, early 2000s thing. So it's like really searching out like tranny spots and yeah. you know really unique spots. Um, I mean, lately, in like the last two and a half years, I've seen a lot of like pool pool shots of you, and it seems like you've kind of kind of, you know, embrace that or just kind of, I mean, you grew up riding everything, so I mean... It, yeah, yeah, and I was super, like, a huge fanatic about stuff like that in, like, from, like, 2000 to 2004. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, I kind of just got so focused on, like, jumping shit and stuff that I kind of lost interest in it for a while. Yeah. And, like, I was kind of actually really just eating shit a lot in pools. Like, I remember I got three staff actions in, like, one year. Just from eating shit in pools, and I'm like, I'm over this. Yeah. <laughs> but since I've moved here, there's so much shit like that in Texas that, like, I'm like, I can't not ride all this stuff, you know? And, you, I mean, and you've been riding a lot of it. It seems like you've got a lot of good spots. and Yeah. Um, I mean, that stuff's definitely way harder to find in New England. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's there, but, like, it's few and far between. But and then like, down yeah. here, it's just so hot. Yeah, there's... it's abundant down here. It's awesome. Um... I mean, and you used to ride the sea pool back. Did you ride the sea pool back in the day when yeah, you were younger? Yeah, I used to ride, I think, <clears throat> for like six years in a row, I would ride the volcanoes, the Boston City Ontario yeah, yeah. Lakes, and the sea bowl, like, pretty much every day. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. That sounds so... Because, I mean, you don't even see, like, the, well, at least with those Boston banks, you don't see spots like that new come up anymore, you know? Yeah. It's like, those were kind of a throwback to, <clears throat> you know, before yeah, everything like blew up. Yeah, 20th century. Yeah, you don't see stuff like that anymore, and yeah, that that sounds that sounds fun. I'm gonna see what some of the questions are on Instagram. Yeah. Sometimes some of those are even like better because like, you know, you'd be so brain dead, and somebody will bring up the most obscure, totally, random thing. I put it up a little late, but let's see. You I posted it too. So there might be someone there. Oh yeah, you get a good amount. You want me to read through a few of these? Sure. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to answer a few questions that everybody's got online. Oh, we're doing good, yeah. I mean, we're at like an hour, so if we do this, like, you know, sometimes, like, you'll be like, oh, and then you, like, look, and you're like, oh, shit, we've been talking way longer yeah, than I thought. How long do you usually make them? Well, either than Evans, <laughs> uh, usually they go for an hour or two, on an average, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. There are a few ones, like Fiola, and, if, you know, went a little longer. Chase went like an hour and a half. Um, but no, we're doing good. So I'm just like, you got, you're doing this with me, man. I, I yeah, yeah. appreciate it. So, For sure. uh, I know I could go either way. Sometimes I'm like talkative and weird. Sometimes well, the, I'm just, the good thing about a podcast, it's like, you know, one day if it's like you <laughs> and Dean and a few people around, we can just sit, it's just bullshit. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just, and it's like, sometimes when I sit down with people, it's like, I do want people to kind of know everybody's background with BMX because everybody comes from so many different spots totally, yeah. you know it's like people get in BMX for different reasons and kind of I mean that's what's awesome about it mm-hmm. is there's so many different types of people and you'll look over at a group sometimes you'll look at a group of BMXers and if you took the bikes away you'd be like why are these people hanging out you know yeah. like I'm sure there's been times like maybe back in the day you and Ed chilling right around New York City like hanging out and you know somebody look over and be like they, they, you know, they don't understand yeah. the correlation between totally. you two, but you know, BMX brings people together that Definitely. wouldn't normally be hanging out. Maybe you know, um, the real David Figaro wants to know what goes through your mind, you know, before doing something big. Um, I guess it depends 
on the circumstances or the situation because sometimes it's I don't know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I see a setup and I'm like, I'm never going to be here ever again, so, and I won't be in the mood. Yeah. But I'll just be like, I have to do this. Yeah. Or I'm going to be beating myself up over it for like ever. You know? Yeah. So when that happens, usually what's going through my head is like, I'm going to eat shit. And usually when I do that, I eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, but, I mean, fuck it. I, I like using my crash clips. Not dude, a lot of you, people do. Have, so. It makes stuff more exciting. Yeah. You see something, you're like, this motherfucker is not this polished. You know, yeah. you just see a video and it's like, yeah. everything's perfect. And you're just like. And no. when someone is that polished, then they're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Like, if you ain't eating shit, then you ain't putting in the effort. Yeah. Yeah. It, I just like seeing... I like seeing the effort. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that's what I enjoy. Yeah. Um, there's some wild questions in here. Um, I'll skip through some of these and let you look at it at the end. Right. But, uh, Montana Ricky wants to know. Uh, was there a writer that helped you form... Uh, the writing style you have today, um, you know, the, what, what, was there a certain writer growing up that kind of helped mold you into to the writer that you are today? You know, yeah. I feel like everybody that comes up kind of does have that kind of kind of guy. I want to say it's either Jimmy or Van. Like, yeah. the, I, like I spoke of earlier, like Jimmy Levan, Van Homan. I feel like is a perfect description of my writing in a way. Yeah. Like, I don't really do all, all the tech bar spin stuff that Van does, but, like, his aspect of, like, the spots he finds, yeah. setups and everything, just gnarly shit. And Van does, like. Van's known for writing everything, Yeah, and too. then I like Jimmy's simplicity of just, like, just, like, a kick-out tooth or, like, a straight gap. Like, okay, yeah. like, yeah, pretty much those two guys. I mean, there's so many growing up. Like, I was always psyched on Troy McMurray and yeah. Gons. Was there any local dudes? Local dudes, yeah. I mean, actually... I want to say just the whole like Malls crew like they used to be called the Social Posse. I looked yeah. into those guys, um, like Mike Rotundo and Rotundo Mark Chuckhead. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tony Long, John Mall. Those guys definitely I was psyched on because they were pretty much like the best dudes around yeah. in my area. But I mean, those dudes and are... Weasel too. Dude, Weasel. I was. So I, psyched I, I sweated, as a kid. dude. I sweated Weasel so because he was just. A, he was so entertaining to watch because he, yeah, he was loose. loose yeah. But he, when he held he held it together and did stuff, it looked good, you know? And it always looked like he was having... Weasel, when he would ride... And I did, I've never even met the dude. No, I did, I did meet him once on a, on a Road Fools. Um, but when I would watch him ride, it just looked like he was having so much fun eating shit, just yeah. going for it. But it would just look like... You were like, dude, I want to ride with this dude because he... Looks like what you want, you know. He's just having fun, yeah, going exactly. for it, and, and just enjoying himself. Yeah, he we just seemed like a weirdo too. Oh, like, but yeah, every was it was yeah. That's everybody in BMX was a weirdo at that time. Not anymore. Yeah, there's like <laughs> there's a few good ones. There's we, yeah, yeah, most certainly. But sure. yeah, you definitely were riding BMX back then because you were a weirdo, and you looked over and you're like, well, these guys are all weirdos. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in with them. Um, I think we kind of covered what gap and spot scared you more. Or was there maybe a rail more than a gap that scared you? Uh, it's just hard to think. There's just so many times yeah. I shit out of myself. That yeah, you know which one's... Point, just one. I'll bring up which one, either than that nose drop. You know what yeah. other one scared me? The tooth grind, the kick out tooth grind you do, where you like catch your pedal on the upright and it oh, explodes. Oh, dead bang? Yeah, yeah. That just, the whole thing just looked... It just that that one scares me. That that yeah. that, that clip scares I me. I mean, sometimes with shit like that though, it's good to know like how durable the human body actually is. It's very durable. I actually ate shit on that twice, and then I went back there a week later because my knees were like the size of watermelons. Yeah, but like I pretty much I just stopped smoking for five days. When you get I, when you get hurt like that, do you go home and ice and stuff nowadays? Or yeah, okay, for the most part, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, know. I mean, I eat a lot healthier than I used to. I used to. Just eat. I was vegetarian. I just ate pizza and candy all the time. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm not eating like a normal human being, like eating vegetables. And yeah. Uh, here, here's one. I mean, you kind of went over 
Van and Jimmy, but maybe modern writers. Who are kind of your favorite writers at this moment that, like, if something comes out, you're excited about? Um, that's that's hard to answer. I mean, I guess for the most part, I guess all the dudes that ride on my team are my favorite yeah. riders for sure. Like Colt Fake. Colt Fake, dude, how sick is that sequence in the new ride? Yeah, he is, <laughs> the front flip into the. He hole. is one of my favorite bike riders of all time, and he's actually got a lot of shit going on this year. Is that what? Yeah. I'm not gonna say. So I, yeah, yeah, I won't even say. Yeah, like, yeah, but just, no, Colt Fake is. Yeah, he's fucking rad. Um, and Kurt Petersel. Yeah. Chris Crawford, pretty much all all my dudes, are the sickest. When Albie gets a banger, it, it gets me psyched for like two yeah. years. Um, I still love the clip of Albie three in the stairs where he, yeah, exactly. he takes out the His old lady. Just they they're always entertaining. Yeah. Um, but as far as maybe out, riders outside of Bonneth and stuff, just. Really, anyone when they go big fast like Chase and Tom Dugan, and yeah, like Chad Osborne, and um, I know I'm gonna forget some names in here, but like Jeff Slatterly, um, just dudes that go fast, yeah, big. But I also like the freestyle stuff too. Like, yeah, <clears throat> we got one here from Vagabond Streetwear, and this kind of ties into what we, you and I were chatting about earlier. Um, he said, "What was your impression of Kansas City?" and uh, Kind of, I don't understand the rest of it, but you know, you were up in Kansas City recently, and you kind of want to know what your impression of it was. Uh, I mean, I was psyched on it. I'm yeah. gonna start coming back more, and uh, it's gonna be like a, another city for me to visit quite often. Uh, yeah, that place little is undiscovered rad. gem. Yeah, a little undiscovered gem, and the locals are awesome. So definitely a good scene there. Yeah. Uh, Janice Strocher, who who even knows? Uh, he wants to know, you know, what? Why do you think people um, aren't really using a lot of speed and big spots for riding nowadays? You know, why do you think things have pulled away from that? Well, I think that I don't think that that has stopped. Yeah, I think that just the amount of nipple stuff you see on Instagram every day, you can't see big stuff like that every day, or everyone will just be dead. It's true. Yeah, you know? that, that's a good point. Like, yeah, back in the day, like you were saying, like you get what two, three videos a year that are like maybe forty minutes long each. Yeah. Whereas now you can watch like two hundred minutes new footage every day. Yeah. But it's mostly going to be nibble stuff. So yeah, I don't think that that riding like speed and big stuff has gone anywhere. I think you just only see it when it's quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, you can't have a quantity of that stuff. I, I don't care who you are. Yeah, yeah. Like even like Garrett Reynolds, like. I mean, people obviously has a quantity of gnarly stuff, but you can't put it. You can't put that all out in one day, you know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of videos, what were kind of what were a few of your favorite videos growing up? I mean, um, I, won't, I can't remember. Either my first video was Juvenile Trickery or Twelve O One. Yeah. And Twelve O One, so good. Yeah, Twelve O One still. Wilbur Street. One that one eighty at the beginning of it. Yeah. Oh my god. Exactly. That's still big. Dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'd say maybe 1201 was one of my favorite videos growing up. All like the scum videos, Lights Out, Anthem, um, trying to think of some others. I mean, obviously, like Criminal Mischief, Seek and Destroy as well. Yeah. Just most. Uh, Agro Man was a favorite of mine. For oh, sure. nice, nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that was a little before your time, but. I had bought all the old videos, like, at Dick Malls. I think Dirty Deeds had come out, like, just like a year before I started. Yeah, and Dirty Deeds, yeah. I mean, that video almost still holds up. It's. <clears throat> That's yeah. great. Um, Will you be donating a testicle for $35,000 where it would hurt a lot less to hit one ball than two? I mean, I don't hit my balls that much that I need to sell one. Would you get $35,000 for a ball? I'm guessing maybe. But maybe if you're like a college student or something. I'd sell a ball for Because you can't give out sperm unless you're like... Would you sell a, would you sell a nut for $35,000? Would I sell one for... One has nut the same, yeah. Oh, you can't. I had a kid, a friend that grew up with one nut. I mean, I suppose, yeah, why not? Yeah, 35,000. I'm not too crazy about my nuts. I, I fractured one and almost had as to have it removed, so I was as almost. As long as it feels good! Yeah, I, I, I almost had to have one uh, removed, so, you know, if they give me 35,000. Yeah, you see any other little gems in there? I can't answer. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you and I are both melting. Our, bra- our brains are melting days, hot as hell. Uh, yeah, do you want to thank anybody or anything before before we end it? Before before we melt away into oblivion? Like, thank, like, thank you? 
You could you could thank. I mean, you don't have to thank me. I'm just <laughs> sitting on your couch. Uh, I mean, if there's anybody or any other things you want to, is there anything else you want to address or talk about before? Um, yeah, I, I think we're good. All right, cool. All right. Um, am I supposed to thank people? You, like it's like a props interview. Or no, yeah, I don't know. I just we're good. We're All we're right. gonna drink some. We're gonna we're gonna drink some water. Thanks for listening to the show today, guys. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, you can subscribe to us over at iTunes or just download the Dig BMX app to stay up to date with what's going on. Um, and if you did enjoy the podcast, it'd be awesome if you go over to iTunes and rate us or leave us a comment. It would do a lot for us. So until next time, guys, it's much appreciated. Thanks. <laughs>